I'm Alicia Michalisic Gonzalez, and welcome to Real Talk, a place where healthcare professionals share stories about their real human experiences working in medicine. Today, instead of a story per se, we're going to hear a sort of essay that was shared with us by one of our listeners, Dr. Michael Schmitz, an emergency physician in Maine. Today, Tuesday, March 30th, 2021, is National Doctors' Day. Did you know that? Because I won't lie to you. Before this year, I would have had no idea it was Doctors' Day. But this year, at least in my work circles, people have been bringing it up to me for the past few weeks. Did I know Doctors' Day was coming up? Was I going to celebrate? And even, could I share some thoughts about what Doctors' Day means to me for a piece being put together for the local news? It's kind of funny, honestly, the way that it took a pandemic for people to suddenly remember us physicians, to be grateful for what we do, to acknowledge us in general. Medicine has changed a lot in the past 100 or even 20 or 30 years. Doctors don't really make house calls anymore. And we have specialties. It's no longer the same person delivering your baby, giving you your flu shot, taking out your appendix, and caring for that heart attack. And people don't tend to pay us in bread or chickens either. But at the same time, while doctors back in the day typically had this level of respect in their community, a prestige, if you will, now it's not always like that. Patient satisfaction scores, internet reviews, Dr. Google, and even the way medicine looks on TV and in movies have created a not very realistic expectation from our patients that leaves many of us in healthcare feeling like we're working in more of a service industry than a professional or a scientific one. And even over the past year, while we were going through the uncertainty and the tragedy that was and is COVID-19, there were many people out there with only terrible things to say about medicine and doctors. Some people thought that we did this, that we caused this, that we were injecting COVID into people when they came to the hospital, or that we were lying, that we were working with the CDC to intentionally falsify numbers and to scare people, to lie, making medicine a super political thing instead of a scientific one. And for what reason? I'm not really sure. I literally have relatives and friends that I don't really talk to anymore because of how cruelly they spoke about doctors during this pandemic, how convinced they were that this was a conspiracy or that the things that I believe in so strongly weren't true. It's really something going through that many years of school, putting off your adult life to stay in training well into your 30s, taking on hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt, all to devote your life to medicine to caring for other people, to spending a lifetime of being interrupted in the middle of the night with emergencies of complete strangers because you want to help, to heal, to be there. And then at the end of it, your value in society can be determined by politics or conspiracy theories or people who just don't really like what you have to say. And so they search for somebody else who assures them that you are so full of it. And so that's that. Doctors sacrifice a ton to become doctors and to be doctors. 
it's not a job that you choose because of the esteem or the income associated with it. And in fact, if you are listening to this and you're thinking about a career in medicine because it sounds like a good job, you are doing it for the wrong reasons. But so what does it mean then for us today on Doctor's Day in 2021? What is on our minds and in our hearts on this holiday meant to honor our work, what we do, who we are? I was wondering this when, out of the blue, I got this email from Mike, an essay he wrote reflecting on this exact thing. And in this essay, a quick disclaimer that Mike asked that we make, he uses the term good guys, specifically intended to accurately reference a pact between a dying father and his son, as written in the book The Road by Cormac McCarthy. Mike's use of the term in this essay is meant to refer to the collective goodness of a group of distinguished people with shared values irrespective of their gender, of female and male and all other physicians alike. That said, with no further ado, this is A Promise to Carry the Fire, an essay for Doctor's Day by Dr. Michael Schmitz. A Promise to Carry the Fire As a Gen Xer in the ranks of the medical profession, I didn't know March 30th was a holiday to honor physicians until several years after graduating from medical school. I was often reminded after the fact, usually while deleting emails or cleaning out my mailbox. My response was typical of my generation. Oh yeah, followed by whatever. Truth be told, this is the first year I've given the day any forethought concerning its history or significance. The date, March 30th, memorializes the administration of ether by Dr. Crawford Long before excising a tumor from his patient's neck in 1842. In 1990, President George H.W. Bush signed Public Law 101-473, establishing the holiday. A medical historian can't help but point out the most meticulous documentation of the use of surgical anesthesia occurred many years prior, in 1020 AD, as recorded by Abul al-Qasim Zahari in the 30-volume text, Kitab al-Tasarraf. Given the past year's events, this information prompts me to think, okay, then what should we be celebrating? And rather than bore you with a revisionist perspective on medical history, I'd prefer to find a common thread between these earlier physicians and my own practice of emergency medicine at a community hospital in Maine. Now, my first memories of going to the doctor's office were old school, paper charts, overhead pages, and rotary telephones. During medical school and residency, Gen X physicians in training became witnesses and accomplices after the fact to the full integration of computers into healthcare delivery. Today, I click and scroll through computerized order sets, use my pet dragon to dictate legible notes, a first in medicine, and enter orders electronically. These advances in healthcare technology accentuate emergency care at the bedside immediate access to medical records, and an ability to video conference with a specialist dramatically improve patients' outcomes, particularly in rural settings. 
However, I, I can't help but comment that the growth of technology correlates with a patient experience too often described as impersonal or detached. My first shift as an attending physician in 2008 couldn't be more different from pediatrician Dr. Connor Moore, who recently passed away after serving our community for over 40 years. We only met a few times, but what a powerful visit impression. Younger physicians like myself could have learned a lot from spending a day with him when he first opened his doors in 1968. And no, I wasn't born yet. No electronic health records, no shifts, just the telephone and doing the right thing for the right patient at the right time. While our careers barely overlapped, his patients, their families, and the nurses, the unofficial litmus test of integrity and competence, rave about his kindness, emotional intelligence, and their faith in his abilities. I admire that he both kept up with advances in healthcare technology without disrupting these relationships. That's a professional legacy we should all strive to achieve. While the virtues embodied by Dr. Moore are easy to recognize, a determination of how they became a part of our profession is challenging to pinpoint. I credit anthropologist Dr. Margaret Mead for offering a meaningful insight. When asked about the first prehistoric evidence of human civilization, she referenced unearthing a fossilized skeleton with a well-aligned femoral neck fracture. The significance of a broken femur meant the same thing thousands of years ago as it does today. Loss of mobility expedites death. In her mind, the trial and error that resulted in a successful realignment of a broken bone did not by itself make the finding significant. She derived a more profound meaning from the successful treatment's prerequisites. Someone had to care about fixing it and a community had to coordinate to help the individual heal. During my second month as an intern at St. Barnabas Hospital in the Bronx, I observed a modern version of trauma care under surgeon Dr. Ronald Verrier's guidance. The art of treatment in the trauma bay, operating room, and on the wards was part of a coordinated system of care helping patients heal from life-threatening injuries. Taking a step back from that experience, you realize that while the complexity of the system had grown to include an entire team of people, including physicians, nurses, respiratory therapists, occupational and physical therapists, as well as paramedics, Dr. Mead's prerequisites were unchanged. Dr. Verrier's hovering presence in the trauma bay smile, and patience became a constant throughout residency. Throughout his 20-year career at St. Barnabas Hospital, Dr. Verrier returned to his native Haiti to offer his services as a trauma surgeon, notably following the 2010 earthquake. When COVID infections ravaged New York City, he dedicated himself to the hospital's needs. Dr. Verrier worked to increase the capacity of critical pair beds at a small inner city hospital and secure PPE while still practicing surgery and treating patients. Last April, much to the shock of the St. Barnabas community, he died at the age of 59 from complications of COVID. Dr. Verrier was one of over 3,000 frontline healthcare workers who died from this illness to date.
So how does one connect the dots between our current clinical practice, the impact of information technology, a history of remarkable scientific advances, including germ theory, organ transplantation, and messenger RNA vaccines with the virtues that Dr. Moore and Dr. Verrier exemplified. With this question in mind, connecting the dots identifies one constant, the effective skills and shared values comprising the art of medicine. In his novel, The Road, Cormac McCarthy summarizes the passage of these virtues from generation to generation as carrying the fire, a connection between those who strive to be, quote, one of the good guys, no matter what, who, even in the face of uncertainty, pledge to do what is right. The symbol of National Doctors' Day, a red carnation, was chosen to convey respect for practicing physicians and placed on doctors' graves to honor their memory and contributions. Keeping the metaphor of carrying the fire in mind, the gesture reminds me that today doesn't solely celebrate us or memorialize a single moment in medical history. The value of studying medical history is the realization that as the degree of technical complexity within the field evolved, our mission and a shared sense of purpose have not changed. Particularly in the wake of a pandemic, for me, today is about honoring the values embodied by individuals like Dr. Connor Moore and Dr. Ronald Verrier. Finally, today is an opportunity to be mindful that each of us is responsible for carrying the fire and, like our predecessors, are charged with passing it on. As medicine becomes more and more full of random stuff, Billing and coding guidelines created by insurance companies that make doctors feel increasingly like secretaries and quality metrics that affect our pay but may or may not actually be evidence-based. And of course, the entire world of patient satisfaction and medical malpractice that is so stressful and sometimes honestly keeps doctors from being able to do what their gut, their brains, and their practice experience tell them is right because the patient demands something different or you're worried that this may be the one in a million rare time that it is this subtle emergency. And if you miss it, the person could sue you. And so, I mean, that's not a great scenario. The more medicine gets filled with stuff like that, the less it gets to be about what we signed up for. Being at the bedside, connecting with humans, using our brains and our clinical impressions to diagnose and treat ailments, to help people live longer and healthier lives. Our hope for Doctors' Day this year, and every year, is that it serve as a reminder of what Mike talks about in his essay, that being a doctor is about so much more than the clerical headaches we spend so much time annoyed with these days. At its core, our profession is a vocation, is a calling, is a life devoted to using our talents in the service of humanity. We are the good guys, the ones who, even in the face of uncertainty, pledge to do what is right, to show up to work in a pandemic, even when it means putting ourselves or our family at risk of contracting this scary disease, to wear a mask and social distance, even when people think that we are making all of this up, to continue to teach and to learn from each other, 
passing on the knowledge and the nuance of our trade to our colleagues and the next generation of doctors rising up behind us because ours is a job that cannot simply be learned from books. Medicine is an art, a balance of science and stories, of evidence and anecdotes, of endless memorized facts and concepts, and gut feelings, gestalt. Medicine is challenging and interesting and endless and beautiful, an honor and a privilege. It's a sister and brotherhood of people that took an oath to care for humanity together, no matter what. And my goodness, how lucky I feel to be a part of this. And I've never been more proud of anything. Thank you to Mike Schmitz for sharing his story with us. To all of the doctors out there who continue to carry the fire. To Marco Gonzalez, our sound engineer. And to all of you for listening. I'm Alicia, and this is Real Talk. Want to connect with the Real Talk podcast or record your story with us? Start at realtalk.transistor.fm, or you can follow the link in the show notes for this episode.